Ksuvas Perkei Mishnah Zayin 5-7. This Mishnah ta- discusses the topic of the Moredes, or the Mored, which I think is often misunderstood. I want to make sure it's clear before you see the Mishnah side what's going on over here. This is a case where one of the two spouses is withholding physical intimacy and using it as a weapon. So he or she says, until I get what I want, until you say sorry, whatever it is, so then I'm refusing to be physically intimate with you. Now that is unacceptable in Jewish law, and it's considered maridam. Maridam means rebellion. So they're, they're rebelling against their basic marital obligations. Now, one who fails to comply with other obligations, let's say, for example, he's refer, refusing to feed her, providing with mazonos, or she's pre- refusing to do the, the housework. So that's not called morida in this sense, and the truth is, well, it's not allowed, and ultimately the bezin would get involved. The bezin would essentially would, would force him to provide for her, you know, food and medical attention, etc. Even if it means confiscating his money, similarly, they'd also force her to do what she has to do in terms of her, her domestic responsibilities. But it's a little sensitive and sort of impracticable uh, when it comes to this context, the morida of of using withholding physical intimacy as a weapon, um, the Bezid isn't going to force, would never force a person to be intimate um, if they didn't, um, you know, against their will. So therefore, um, more, I'll call it gentle coercion is used, more subtle coercion is used um, to resolve this issue. So the basic point of our mission is going to be that this is an unacceptable weapon, tactic, tactic, and therefore, the Mishnah will prescribe various economic penalties, financial penalties, to induce the couple to resolve matters. I want to make sure something's clear. The case is one where, let's say, she, could be he also, but where let's she, that's one of them, um, is refusing, not because she doesn't want to be with him, but because she wants to get her way. And as soon as he does what she wants her to do, then she'll be happily again to be together with him. That's what's sort of unacceptable and what the mission is dealing with. If, hypothetically, she would say, listen, I just, I can't stand this man anymore. He's just repugnant to me for whatever reason, um, either for emotional reasons or for physical reasons. So then um, the mission would sort of not talking about that case, and we would go to the, the end game of just divorce. That's an untenable marriage. The presumption is, well, they're not going to be able to be compatible going forward, and therefore um, divorce is the only option. The case of Ramesha here is that divorce isn't the only option. If they would just resolve their issue and agree not to use um, this as a weapon, so then they could they could have a functioning marriage again. And that being the case, so Chazala prescribing these financial incentives or disincentives. So the Mishnah says, Hamoredes al-Bala, a woman who rebels against her husband, just as I described, using withholding of physical intimacy as a weapon. Then, pochasin la miksubasa shiva dinaram b'shavas. The penalty, the clock starts ticking, and for the whole time she is in the status of being a moredes, her ksuba starts um, getting uh, diminished. You know, So, forgetting the math for a second, the point is, the idea is, she has, you know, 200 zuz, and therefore she, like, a, a, a zuz a day gets deducted from her ksuba, and so therefore as the clock ticks, she's induced to resolve this problem. And I'll deal with the actual actual numbers in a second. The math's a little bit involved, and I'm not that interesting, I don't think. Um, but the point, the conceptual point here is that the clock is ticking, and therefore she's, you know, got a impetus to resolve the matter. If and when she does resolve it, so then... Um, 
she goes back, she, everything gets fully reset. So that means, let's just say hypothetically it's 200 zoos in 200 days. So if on day 190, you know, they reconcile matters. So then she gets back her full 200 zoos ksuba. It's not that she's left with just 10. Um, and in fact, uh, if her ksuba started out being 1,000, so she gets back the full 1,000. Okay? If it would run out to zero, and we'll see about a little more about that in a moment in the Mishnah, so then that is sort of now time's up and it's time for divorce. If they would reconcile at that point, so then um, they would need to have essentially a, a new ksuba dr- drawn up because there's no such thing as a woman being married without a ksuba, and the ksuba would have to be at least a minimum of the, it's called the 200 zuz, this is the first marriage, can't be less than that. Um, but she could at that point have lost, if it had been a thousand, she could lose that. Okay? So, the idea here is that it's it's one dinar per day, sheva dinarim per Shabbos. And the way the numbers actually shake out, this is a little involved, I'm not so interested in getting into it. The dinar here works out to being an eighth, one eighth of the zuz of the, of the ksuba. The basic reason is because the denomination that the Chumash uses are like Artsuri, Artyrian silver. It's a pure silver, and this is using like the local silver that they use there. The exchange rate essentially is 8 to 1. So that being the case, so to speak, 200 Zuz Ksuba now becomes 1,600 of these dinarim, okay? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Shiva Trapaikin. He holds that it's this other kona coin. These coins are four times more silver content, so that's four times larger penalty um, per day. And that being the case, you know, instead of 1,600, I'll call it 400 days worth. Now, um, important to understand here is that um, she, as soon as she wields that weapon as a Moretus, or we'll see in a minute if he wields that weapon as a Mored, so then this clock starts ticking. So what I mean by that is, for example, let's say, for example, on today she becomes a Nida. And anyways, the whole thing is not, no, not relevant for the next week. But on that first day, she says, I want you to know, in a week from now, nothing doing, I'm withholding, unless you, whatever, say you're sorry, whatever whatever she wants. So then the clock starts ticking at that point, meaning she's, since she's now um, wielding that weapon, even though anyways she's in need, it doesn't matter, the clock starts ticking, and you know the, the, the count and the penalty starts working from that point. Similarly, if let's say, for example, let's say our man who's the Mored here, let's say he's the sailor who goes away for six months at a time. If, as he's like, you know, setting off out the door to go on a six-month, you know, business venture, he says, and I want you to know when I come back, nothing doing, unless you say you're sorry or resolve that the matter is. So then, even though anyways, he's gone for six months, of course, it's not relevant, he's not around, doesn't matter. The clock starts ticking then, and his penalties, as we'll describe later on in the Mishnah, um, start accruing from that, that point. Okay. <clears throat> now, Ad emasai hupochas, like how how low can you go? How much can be deducted from her ksuba? Ad keneged ksubasa, until the whole ksuba is totally diminished down to zero. Now, what we're actually referring to are um, three of the four potential components that she has when she brings the marriage. Meaning, ikr ksuba, that first 200 zuz, that's for sure included. Tosefes ksuba, if she had brought in, if he promised her not 200, but an extra 200, so 400, that extra amount also is included. The nichse son barzel, the property she brings in, literally that, that iron sheep, but the point is she brings in the flock or the whatever it is, the piece of real estate, and at the time of marriage, they the husband does like a formal like 
appraisal and says, you know, that flock of sheep is worth a million dollars. So then, and she gets that million dollar payout when she went on death or divorce, regardless of what happens to the value of the, of the flock itself. So <clears throat> the idea is that she gave it to him. She gave the flock and he's promised the money. So now the point is that promise of that money, the million dollars, can be now deducted at the rate of one dinar a day, um, seven a week. In contrast, she also has the nechse malug, the usufruct property. That's property that really is hers. You know, she had the villa from her father in Tuscany, and she, while they're married, he could rent it out and get the rent and use that for the family budget or whatever the story is. But on divorce, she doesn't get cash. She gets her villa back, her item back that she brought in. So um, that never was given to him, and therefore, says Tanakama, uh, well, her ketubah can run down to zero, he would have no claim on the, the villa. That's not that's off, off limits because it was never handed over um, to him in the first place. That's not written in the ketubah that would be going to him. It keeps on going past that point. Maybe she'll get something from somewhere else, like inheritance. And then he, he, the husband, will be able to also collect from that inheritance as well. So therefore, the penalty against her keeps on accruing. So really, Rebiosi is arguing on two points. First of all, he's arguing, um, he's saying that, unlike the Tanakama, he says that the Nechse Malug, the usufruct property, is also going to be deducted and, and become his. So the penalty keeps on accruing past the total amount promised in the Ksuba. And uh, more than that, it actually can run into negative numbers. It can suck up her ksuba and everything she has and keep on going. She has like an IOU to him because the idea is if later on she would inherit something, that would also go to the husband. So the clock really is ticking for a long, long time. V'chein, the same principle applies in the other direction. We're talking about him instead of her. al ishto, if a man rebels against his wife, again, it means that he's withholding physical intimacy, which he's not allowed to do. Now we're going to talk about penalties, <clears throat> but remember, First of all, the man's allowed to divorce his wife and pay her ksuba and get on with things. He doesn't want to divorce her. He wants to essentially keep on feeding her and providing for her, but he's withholding this um, physical intimacy because of whatever reason. So that's not acceptable. <clears throat> First of all, it's, it, he violates an, an isra d'oraisa, right? The Pasuk um, itself says, Vo yigra. He can't withhold her ona, her time. <clears throat> that being the case, he's already over a lav. But in addition, he's going to be penalized. And his penalty is... Mosifila al ksubasa, every her her ksuba gets added to Shlosha Dinar and Bashabis, three dinar per week. Why three dinar? So the idea is um the Gemara speaks out that 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 he suffers more than she if he's the one who's on the receiving end of this of this weapon. And that, that in the case the he's accruing like his the penalties more for him, so he's getting one instead of a half. She is getting a half a dinar a day, and that six days a week we're not doing, since he's adding money and like giving money, if you will, to Ksuba, so Chazal didn't think it was appropriate to have it accruing on Shabbos also, because like, it's like it was getting close to the idea of receiving money on Shabbos, which we're not allowed to do. And therefore it's just six days a week, not including Shabbos, half a dinar a day. Okay, and that will accrue to her benefit if ultimately he, they don't resolve things and, and he ends up divorcing her. Or dying. Rebuto Mer Shlosha Trapakikin. I don't know what this I don't know what this word actually is again, it's the same as word before. I have no idea the etymology or what it means in English. It's a coin, again, which is four times higher in silver content than the dinar that the Tanakama held, so the penalty is four times larger, Contributa, both for him and for her. 
Fine. As far as the Lach Lamaisa goes, um, this, okay, the Gemara already says this isn't how it's done. So even in, in, in Gemara times, we say that subsequent to this mission, there's another, we bring another, another Brisa, uh, which says they had a different technique. Instead of using financial inducements, they used um, social pressure, and they essentially would, for four weeks running, announce in the shul that he or she is being a Moreda Moredes, um, and that humiliation, the public humiliation, was hoped to induce them to resolve their matters and, and get on with life. Um, and if after four weeks that didn't that didn't do it, so then already they went to the divorce stage. And right away, that's how the Gemara discussed it. Um, you probably never seen that happen in shul nowadays, so I wouldn't say that's halacha lemaisa. Although the shulchan does bring such a thing, um, so um, I think halacha lemaisa is really beyond the scope of uh, of this year here.